relationship smart women want to learn how to transform their intimate relationships. We feel frustrated, disconnected and lackluster in our relationships, but we are done with blaming our partners. We are done with doing nothing about it. We are ready to do our bit to make things better so that we feel more connected, more alive, more truly ourselves in our intimate relationships. Welcome to another episode of the Relationship Smart Women podcast. I just want to take a moment to say how grateful I am to you for listening to my little podcast. I see you. I just want to say I appreciate you so much every, well, whenever it is that I release these episodes, every so often. And it makes my heart sing. It inspires me to share to see that there are people that keep showing up and listening to this podcast. So massive, massive gratitude to all of you. In this episode, I am very excited to be sharing. I talked to my beautiful, soulful friend, Chris Franken. So many people in relationships ask me how they can find themselves. They get to a stage in their lives where they feel really lost. How can they find themselves and be true to themselves and then still be in relationships that feel good? And this can be really tricky to navigate. You know, we fear that if we change and become more true to ourselves that we'll lose our partner. Or we fear that authenticity and integrity to ourselves means loss of connection. You know, there's things we have to sacrifice and compromise and give up in order to be safe in a relationship. Well, today I called in Chris to talk to us about this because in my opinion, Chris is the epitome of being true to herself, of being wildly truly herself and managing all of that within her 20 plus year relationship with her husband. This chat is incredible to get some really beautiful, heartwarming, empowering responses to the question, how do we truly be ourselves in relationship? We talk about our own responsibility, the empowerment of choice, how integrity can be little tiny things, not big, scary transitions. We talk about the difference between compromise and suppression, which um, is very different. We talk about our connection with nature, of course, because Chris loves being connected to nature and finds nature as such a, a healing, guiding force in her life. We, we talk about becoming lovingly grateful to who we are. And we talk about not expecting our partner to necessarily change and grow with us at the same time. So total acceptance when it comes to that. You are going to love this chat. I know it. Um, And again, thank you so much for listening in. Enjoy. (laughs) 
Hello, beautiful Chris Franken. Welcome to the Relationship Smart Women podcast today. Oh, Nick, thank you so much for having me. I love connecting with you and I'm really excited about this conversation. I know. <gasps> Who knows what will happen? But really, I would love to talk about love and relationships with you. I value your wisdom so much and your beautiful book, Wild Hearted Purpose, um, which guides us back to our own true self, our inner guidance, our wildest version of ourselves and I feel like this is really relevant in terms of love because I feel like what you're talking about here is um is beneath all of our scared parts and our protection it's our true radiance that emanates from us so that's really what is going to resonate with someone who is getting in close and intimate with us um tell me tell me what comes to mind when we when we talk about wild heart finding our wildest truest version of ourselves and love and relationships that's a very wide question, so good luck. It is, it is big, but I love it because I love talking about relationships and we always end up talking about relationships anyway, so it's great yeah. that we should just record one and, exactly. and let everyone have a cup of tea and join us. But That's honestly, right. I love talking about relationships and then on the other hand, I love talking about rewilding. I've never actually combined the two. In my, book, in my book, Wild Hearted Purpose, I do talk about community. And there is a lot, like there's a, there's a whole chapter in there which I'll really briefly outline now and then I'm going to go into a more intimate relationship. So throughout the wild-hearted purpose journey, there is this, mm, this idea that there is a lover that, is, that you're able to connect with in certain parts of the book. So for those of you who don't know the book, it's a book about soul purpose. And what I do at the beginning of every little chapter is I explore a journey through nature it's all metaphorical it's all very subliminal subconscious wild beautiful some of it's very overwhelming some of it's very gentle and it's all just a gorgeous exploration of mother nature and how she teaches us everything we need to know about ourselves and so there's this whole every now and then in the journeys there's this idea of a lover or a partner and someone that comes and goes throughout the journey I didn't want it to be a really solid relationship because I wanted it to be more of a solo exploration. And then there's the idea of living in community and what that brings up in us. And mm. what I really, what I really needed, what I really wanted to share with the reader was that when we are in community with other people, and that can be our family community at home, that can be the people who live physically around us in houses or in an actual like community where we all share a piece of land or it can be an online community there is no specific definition of how community has to look for it to have the beautiful loving supportive effect of the community but what I really love about the wild hearted journey is that when you are on the journey to remember and rediscover and express and live your highest soul's purpose this this destiny mixed with free will this whole rewilding then when you meet people along the way, they have this incredible um, this incredible medicine 
of reflecting back to you your own medicine. And so mm-hmm. when I meet with you and I have a conversation with you as a part of my community because you're a beloved sister of mine and I get to talk to you over a cup of tea or whatever it is that we're doing and I get to share with you what's going on for me as a writer or what's going on for me as a mother because being a mother is sharing my medicine as much as being a writer as much as being a wife to my husband as much as being a gardener it's all a part of my purpose and so when I explore that with someone like you you get to reflect that back to me and say oh actually you know this is what I love about you as a mom or this is what I appreciate about you as a writer and then something will sink and I'll be like oh that's where that's where like I have a strength and some people are going to come along and they're going to really challenge us and they're not going to be very supportive of us and it can still be a very important lesson for us to realize maybe not I don't want to say that's where our weaknesses are but that could be either our shadow work that Mm -hmm. needs to be done or it could actually be an immediate reflection of their own shadow work which is a whole other conversation in itself and so when we explore ourselves in community then we get to explore our purpose through the reflection and the eyes and the mm-hmm. hearts of other people. The same thing happens in relationships and it happens as we all know on such a fundamentally powerful level, we are being mirrored all the time by this person mm-hmm. that we're seeing all the time and our words come back at us. It's almost this um, immediate Uh, repercussion this immediate reflection of what we say what we do what we believe it comes back out and out and out and actually if you can listen to yourself in an argument (laughs) and be really present to what you're saying to your beloved in an argument then you will get to know so much more about yourself but if you are using you know if you're if you're not conscious of what's going on in the argument then it's just an argument for someone to win or it's an argument for someone to feel better about themselves or or make the other person feel worse or whatever the argument's underlying intention is but when you get really mindful of how you speak to your beloved and how they speak to you then you get to understand so many things and like you say this is just such a huge conversation but let's let's just touch on trust for a minute and 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 that's where i get to rewild is when i find a partner who who i can trust mm-hmm. and if i'm with a partner who i can't fully trust then i don't think i could ever possibly be all of me yeah i think trust mm-hmm. is that underlying um anchor point that holds a relationship together you know it's always two people two people never become one there is sort of a one energy or synergy about Mm. a couple but there's always two people and there's always two people who are if they're being really honest they're both on their own individual paths trying to find what it is that they're here to do and be and express and that's what we do in life Mm. and when we're not meant to do that in partnership some people are meant to do that on their own for a while and then they come into a partnership the the beautiful thing about being in a partnership is that you you have access to really deep soul growth if you're having a conscious partnership and that can accelerate your purpose which is really scary for some people which is why rewilding can be really scary for some people but if I'm in a relationship where I trust my partner infinitely I can literally say anything to them I can confess anything to them and I can be all me 
And if all of me means running around my property naked, banging a, a drum, channeling light language and singing it out to the... Which it kind of does in your case. <laughs> you know, I'm not too far from the truth. This isn't like some like symbolic representation. This is actually no, my yeah. life. Yeah. Just, just thinking of some examples here, <laughs> plucking them from the air. Just out of the air, totally. I mean, could be irrelevant. No, I, I am very lucky to be in a relationship where I can rewild and feel very, very safe in the house oh, that I'm in. in it's delicious. Yeah. I mean, beautiful. Um, and And let's just state it here. You guys have been together for quite some 20, years yeah 23 years 23 years yeah amazing mm. amazing <laughs> so yes it's um it's not necessarily that it was always this way that you felt like you could rewild in this container um I'm imagining the question I suppose um, you know, and obviously I'm in a similar kind of container of about a similar time. And, yeah, I feel like I have, we have consciously created the trust and tested the trust or asked for our partners to show up in a certain way and shared ourselves enough Um to know that we can trust. It's not something you land in. It is creation. It is creation, but I must say that that, that you, people will show you their character the second that you meet them. Right. And as soon as you meet someone who is a potential partner, your body will tell you if they have the, if, if you have the potential to feel safe yeah. and to be able to trust them or... Yeah. If you've got red flags, like a clenched up gut or a, or a headache or your body's yeah. just saying, get me away from that person, you know. So you're right. It's, it's both. It's there already. Like there's a mm-hmm. presence. There's a feeling of I kind of feel at home with this person. Oh, my gosh. And, what and was then, that for you? Yeah, it was really interesting for me when I met Mark because I was actually dating a guy who is a blues musician who lived in London. and I mean, it doesn't I, get cooler. It doesn't get cooler. It doesn't get cooler. Literally. Mm-hmm. So, and then I had this little list that I didn't realize I had made up in my head of all the checklists I needed in a guy. And he needed to be a bit older than me and he needed to be super fun and have a super fun job. And I don't know, I had just been like serially dating all of these guys. None of them were really treating me that well. I mean, there was, it was, it was fine it wasn't abusive. It was fine, but I really wasn't being, but I really didn't feel like oh my, something's missing. Something's missing. And then I met Mark and I was like, Oh, this guy is just like a really good solid guy. He's a really good friend. And, and I just, I did feel at home with him mm-hmm. and I did feel like I could talk about him with anything. We had so much in common. It was ridiculous. So our conversations as friends for about six months before we started dating were endless and fun and awesome and fabulous Um, but he was a very grounded guy he's nine years older than me he had a he worked in film and tv but he it was a very like it felt like a very grounded nerdy role in that Mm -hmm. in that realm (laughs) and then I went and pursued my London boy and while I was overseas, just before I went uh he broke up with me and while I was overseas 
my Mark broke up with his girlfriend. And then while I was in London, I had a dream that I was just living with Mark and he was my partner. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and went, oh, oh, really? So then we started to date and it was really like, it was like no one I'd ever dated before. It just felt so easy. It just felt Mm -hmm. so easy and beautiful and supportive. And I could trust him. But you're right. It was then, it's been a 23 year process of really like, I want him to trust me. So how do I show up in that way that he knows? Thank you for sharing that story. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it always comes back to trusting what your body is telling you through the system. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it does. So it also takes me to um something that I know you speak on which is this taking responsibility and creating for ourselves what we know our our being wants you have the words for this that that came out all clunky but you know what I mean we're empowered to create from the point we are on at right now in this point in time. Not from the past, not from the future, but from right now. And, yeah, I'd like to hear you talk on that and why that's important. And then we'll bring it back to relationships maybe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, I mean, everything ties into relationships. Responsibility is so imperative in relationships because if I don't have responsibility for my actions guess who I'm going to blame absolutely hands down yeah it's my partner I mean the kids aren't old enough for me to blame them yet but you know if I if I keep this if I keep if I keep up a, a life of like a life that lacks responsibility then I will actually blame my adult my children when they're adults absolutely and I've seen that happen to a lot of my friends, my parents don't do it at all. And, and I'm totally free of that, but I've seen that. So responsibility has been coming up for me a lot lately. And I love, I love really getting curious about integrity and responsibility and mm-hmm. um, this thing called transparency. What I really feel is happening on earth right now is a call for deeper transparency. And mm. y- you can see that in... Like the fashion industry has been doing it for years and that got me really curious about this idea of transparency. And, and so, you know, does our government have any transparency about what's going on behind closed doors? No, like 5%. And then there's this trend, like I was saying, in the fashion industry where you can pick up a garment in a shop and it'll tell you where it was made, how much the garment maker was paid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not, it's, not, it's not just a list of what's in this cardigan. It's actually how they were sourced, how much the, um, the raw fabric cost to source it, to, to mm-hmm. be sourced. And, and it's got all the prices there and then it'll tell you the price. And so you can see exactly the profit that wow. the person is making. And you think if, you're, if you are so responsible as a fashion designer and as a creator that you could be that transparent to everyone and then you can stand in your ground in beautiful, loving authenticity and integrity and say yes that's right I'm going to make $170 from that cardigan 
mm-hmm. because, you know, and you might even include rent in there or de- it depends how far you want to go with it. And this all comes down to everyday living within within ourselves, within relationship and on our sole purpose. When we get really responsible for who we are and we take responsibility for everything. So you have an argument with your partner and you just sort of realize in the middle of it or straight afterwards what you did to create what just happened. And there's nothing wrong with tense emotions. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with expression when you have a safe place to be expressed. And there's nothing wrong with allowing the other person to be fully expressed as well. But what what does actually inhibit the the growth and the the beautiful, the alchemy that can come from an argument, because an argument can be terribly, beautifully alchemical. And that is when I take responsibility afterwards and I say to my husband, you know what, and this happened last week, I'll give you an example. example. (laughs) We don't argue often, but I came home flying home in this like wild happy, excited mood. I had all these ideas I wanted to share with him. So I'm up here at this level. He's had a really rough day and he's down here. And I've come flying in expecting my brilliant ideas, hello, spot the Gemini, to bring him up to here so we can then meet and go, yes, Chris is awesome. How did she even think of that? But there's this huge discrepancy, discrepancy, whatever the word is, between where I was at energetically and where he was at energetically. And if I was, I mean, I'm an empath, so I I saw it, but I kind of just went in anyway. And then I said to him afterwards, I said, you know what? I just really expected you to just high five me. Or for for your brilliance to bridge that gap. Yes. Yes. For the sheer genius of my creative ideas to, for him to go, wow, I had never thought of that. That would be so cool to do here. And what happened was he, he was so flat from his day that he just he had this look on his face and I was like, oh, you don't even like what I'm saying. He's like, he was trying to explain, no, I love what you're saying. It's just the timing and the thing. And it took me a little while and then I just had to take a deep breath and go, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I came in with these huge expectations of you. And even if you were in a great mood, that's not even fair for you. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, I really, I still want to talk about these ideas. I'm not expecting any of these ideas to take off. I never even told you that. But I would really love one day to talk about these ideas with you when you're feeling you know, like you could use a little wifey Gemini inspiration. And, and then we had a bit of a laugh and a bit of a hug and we had a cup of tea and we felt a bit better. And, and I realized how important it was not to expect him to rise up to my level. But at the same time, this is the beauty of responsibility is that I got to be fully responsible for my energy. And I, I realized I didn't want to sink down to his level either. Mm. We just got to meet in love afterwards and he apologized and I apologized for our role. And that is, that is how sexy responsibility is. So sexy because I can just see that exact same thing play out without that responsibility. And it is, like you say, it is blame. It's like, well, why can't you be excited for me? Yes. It is your fault, right? Without the responsibility, it gets translated into something a bit more sinister or, yeah, it, it, into something that creates disconnect. Yes, because then I project. If I can't, if I can't take responsibility for it, I'm going to project it. 
And maybe it's not at you. I might give you the silent treatment for a while and then I might project at the kids or I might project at someone who I see. Yeah, there's protesting happening. Yeah. 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 Sexy. So sexy. It is. And on and. And when we tune into who you are, and I think this is so important as, as a part of your soul purpose, you have a responsibility to fulfill it. Mm. If you know that you are good at something, guess what? That's also your responsibility. So if you are good at really, and you know this very clearly, you're very good at counseling relationships, right? Then what if you want to go and just learn Italian and travel the world and not, and not have that. <laughs> something, something's just going to fracture along the way because you know and you know when you know. And I'm, it's the same for me as a writer. And honestly, I could give everything else up and know that just if I can write a few books in this lifetime and if I can show up in love and, you know, then that's, I have a that's, responsibility to do that. That's and, your soul's responsibility. That's your yeah. sort of like, you know it one. But I want to, uh, like just on the micro level in relationships, um, you just reminded me of that knowing that you are good at something. Um, I had, uh, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, I'm sure, but um, I had a realisation about that that really helped me with my level of resentment in the relationship, right, which was seeking 50-50, seeking like completely shared um, mental load. And then a realisation of, but hang on, this, you know, knowing if the kids need a glass of water and what's what is in the cupboard that could be concocted into a meal and knowing um that we should probably just put a jumper and some snacks in the bag before we head out like this comes so easily to me and it's something I'm good at and I was wanting my husband to be as good at it and as natural at it as I was and that was my point of kind of resentment and contention but at the same time feeling shit that I wasn't as good at the things that he's naturally as good at and feeling like I needed to be better at stuff when I just naturally wasn't, you know, mm. and it's like tense on both sides of the stick. Like <laughs> rather than just going, this is my superpower. I'm good at it. I'll, I'll handle this bit. You do that bit. I love that. See how easy that is. Mm-hmm. That's just flow. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. And you just spoke very clearly to a whole world of mothers <laughs> <laughs> who have partners who are straight men. Like this is how all of the, all of us work. Why didn't oh, yeah. you think of a jumper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how long are we going to stay resentful at them for that? Let it go. Oh. Yeah. I love that you spoke to that. That's powerful. It is. So tell us how, you know, in a beautiful little clip on your Instagram, which um, everyone needs to follow for your wisdom, because it is so freaking channeled and like straight to my heart and soul um, when you speak. And it's so so nice that you, it's so generous that you share that with us. I love it. Um, but in your little uh, snippet where you were talking about taking responsibility, you were talking about creating, being empowered to create in the same kind of 
they were connected. So tell us that connection there, that if we take responsibility, we can create um, what we want, what we need. What is it? What's your words around that? That was the one on timelines, right? And I love yes. unpacking timelines so hard. Timelines sound like this super, super spiritual idea of, oh, I'm just going to like jump timelines today because, you know, Pluto is in Aquarius and it's just like my time. And it's like, no, 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 sorry, no. I mean, maybe, but not really because timelines are the onward motion that you create from making a choice. And a choice is never isolated. A choice is a series of choices sometimes made all at the same time and sometimes made uh here and there and so when you make a choice one choice okay i'm going to live in this apartment in this city this is my choice and now this is my address and i'm going to have this place and if you want you can choose to have an apartment in the city and a cabin in the woods and you spend this much time in the in the city and this much time in the woods that's really cool too but what's not really cool for your energy is when you're living in an apartment in the city and you're thinking to yourself, man, why am I here? Like, I hate this. I hate hearing my neighbors. I hate this, this, this. I just want to live in a cabin in the woods. Or it's the person who's isolated themselves in the woods going, oh, I just, I miss the city and I miss the buzz. But you're not actually making a constructive choice to fulfill your inner desires. You're gotcha. just being almost... Mm -hmm resentful towards yourself or your past self or some aspect of yourself or blaming someone else for the position that you're in but when you choose it becomes so empowering and you say okay you know what I don't love living in the city but this is my choice this is my address this here these walls here this is my apartment and I'm going to love this as long as I'm here and as soon as you do that you actually open yourself up to create whatever life you want. You don't realize that that's the key to moving onward on a higher timeline because all of a sudden your energy isn't scattered all over the place. You're not thinking about your ex-partners. You're thinking about the person that you're with or you're thinking about the fact that you are single today. In this moment, you are single in this moment you might be in an unhappy marriage in this moment, you know? So what we do, and that's very human of us, is we kind of traverse two or three timelines at once. Mm. And that's okay to explore them because if you're standing at a fork in the road, why not pause and explore where the forks are going? Mm -hmm. Oh, that one goes to the mountains, that goes to the valley, and that goes, yeah, I'm not too sure where that's going to go. But there's three timelines available to me right now. I can mm -hmm. split up from my partner. I can stay and make it work or I can stay and be resentful. I can stay in this uh, apartment in the city. Um, I can move to the cabin in the woods or I can actually just split my time between the two and see if that would work or mm -hmm. whatever it is that's in front of you. So it's okay to explore the options and look ahead and go, oh, I wonder what that would be like. But you can't live there. You can't continuously traverse more than one timeline because you're splitting, you're fracturing your energy because we know that our thoughts create our life. And so if mm -hmm. you are, if you're thinking these thoughts of various timelines along your path, then you are not present. You're not focused. And then from that, and you have to be present and focused if you want to create uh -huh. anything and everything. So else. what you're saying is if we are not in our lives we don't have that creative impetus we don't have the power to create 
and and I feel like people actually go off and live in the cabin in the woods in their head as a way of surviving the life they don't like, right? So they're doing it to disem they're actually disembodying. They're um they're creating the 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 psychological space within them where they can actually exist in this life they don't like, but it doesn't give them the power to make the change. Yeah. No, and you know what? It's just made me think of virtual reality. A lot of people are living in a city that they don't like or in the, they're in a family they don't like and they don't feel like they've chosen it. They feel like, oh, mm. it's all just some cosmic accident. Why am I here? And then virtual reality comes along and, oh, I could actually spend my evenings creating this dream world An in avatar. cyberspace. Mm. Mm. And that might feel fun, but what happens when I take the goggles off? What happens when I put the technology down and I go to get a snack from the fridge? Like, like this resentment, anger, frustration is just, is just bubbling away and you can keep pushing it down and tuning out in whatever way you wish to tune out. Even with food and alcohol, virtual reality or daydreaming. For, well, I mean, daydreaming is good, but you can't live, you can't, is that there's a difference between daydreaming and, and like you say, disassociating or, or disconnecting from, from your personal reality. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love talking about that because then when you take responsibility for everything and you go, oh, no, I chose, I, I chose this. I created this. I chose this family before I incarnated. I chose this partner. I chose totally. everything about it. You're collecting all of your precious energy back into where you are right now. And even if it looks awful, it's only then that you can be conscious and aware and responsible enough to change it. Oof, love this. I actually talk to my clients about this. I have very different wording around it, but um, I suggest that you can't get the clarity that you want on that next step until you're actually two feet in because the distractions and the illusion is is making it seem livable when actually maybe it's not so you can't actually know until you're really 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 in I love that mm -hmm. I really love that because distract like you like distractions that'll take you away from the present moment and again mm -hmm. it's all fine like watch tv and have an instagram account and and, and have this fun stuff but if it is actually pulling at your energy too much you're going to feel it and you're going to look around and go where am I who am I who am I yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah. so I love I love that you are in a deep space of exploring integrity I mean it goes with wildness right um finding the truest wildest version of you mm. and it strikes me that people both yearn for that and are like I want to know that version of me I want to I want to explore her. I want to feel her. I want to exist as her. But I'm also terrified because what if, <laughs> what if she has very different ideas of living life and it doesn't fit in this controlled life that I've created for myself? 
what do you say to mm. people who feel a bit scared about exploring their wildness, their self, their truth? You know, nature cannot be out of integrity with itself. Hmm. Nature, her, nature herself is always in integrity. She can't, she can't be anything else. So when you spend time outside, the more time you spend outside in, in places that are not so controlled by humans, preferably, or sprayed or any of that, then what you, what you get to realize is how powerful she is. And so if you've never camped before and, and someone says, hey, let's go camping, like let's just go wild. Like there's a really cool place that we can go skinny dipping and we can just like make a fire and then cook some stuff up and then we'll sleep in a tent. If you've never done that before, you'll be scared. And that's just your instinct saying, but this is new. And also there's a lot of risks. And so there's the kind of like the risk management that comes with that, which is all totally fine. That's human. That's great. Some people would just go, oh yeah, let's do it and not even think of it. But some personalities are very much a, Mm, let's let's talk this through (laughs) (laughs) but once you've camped several times you realize you can find a safe place to camp that is still wild you can find a place that actually has a toilet and even some water that you maybe considered a shower if that's what you need and and so you get to you get to learn how to be in the wild without just the wild isn't calling you to literally run away into the forest because that's not sustainable. The wild is calling you to come and spend some time with her, to trust her enough, and of course, sleep in a tent because that's really quite smart. And it's the same with exploring the wild within us, is that if you've never done it before, of course it's gonna be scary, it's all unknown. And the wildest part of you is just light and it's love. So from a human perspective, if I live in a very linear, logical way and I'm very human about things and I have my computer and I have all my gadgets and I have all my everything and I don't get to spend much time outside, I'm just very, you know, then, then I, I find the idea of just meditating on my own light a little bit strange. But once you get to know that light and you realize how free that light is and it's the same idea of I don't need to run into the woods forever to be a wild woman it's like I don't need to get lost inside of here forever to be truly you know the wildest version of me the the most Mm -hmm. uh, radiant on purpose woman that I could possibly be you know I, Mm -hmm. I I can still I can still wear jeans and and be wild you know that's that's okay I can still like I can still. I'm, I'm sure everyone's feeling very reassured. They can still wear jeans. <laughs> I live in Byron. I have that. That's just a funny thing to say in Byron. Not many people have jeans and shoes here. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so when people think of rewilding, you're not letting go of this identity. You're not. You don't have to change your name to like a flower. You don't have to like. <laughs> You don't have to only buy secondhand clothes. And I really, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a joke, but I'm also trying to explain this in a very practical sense. I really do think people get scared about the changes that they'll have to make if they That's are right. 
to be true to themselves. That's it. That's it. And for some, I think that comes into the realm of relationships, you know. And I think, like, I've met many people in my line of work who don't want to explore things because they're worried Mm. about the truth of what they'll find, Mm. you know, and and it becomes a big place of stuckness and a choice right but um i i i love i love what you're saying that it's not like the the analogy with the camping trip is beautiful you know as as a very happy camper i i hold my camping trips um with me every day not just when i'm there around the campfire um sleeping on the on the ground practically you know Mm. really there's a thin layer of something tarp between me and mother earth and it's just the most beautiful thing it's lovely it's with me but i'm i'm i don't live there which is kind of what you're saying like we just need to have connection with her we need to have to give her uh some space in our world in our psyche in our mm. uh, inner world yeah but what you just said then was so perfect you go camping and then nicole at home is a different nicole because you've had two days two weeks in the forest or by the beach you yeah. become more you Maybe uh-huh. it's stronger, maybe it's softer, maybe it's everything all at once, but you become more connected to your heart because of those times. And it's the same. And it's like people yeah. who meditate. If you meditate for 20 minutes, that just naturally up levels the rest of your day. It doesn't give you a perfect day. Yeah. And so by connecting in with, with her, who is just your true self, it's, it's, it's who you are. It's not separate. You're not going anywhere to find her. You're just listening yeah. and you're just paying attention to your body a little bit more. And you're just journaling with complete raw honesty a little bit more. And you're just speaking to your friends with a little bit more vulnerability before, you know, so it's not a big deep dive. And those little moments are going to shape the rest of you, of all of who you are. They can't not. Yes. Um, yes, and I love that we're talking about nature as the teacher again aren't we which is kind of the theme of wild-hearted purpose your book which is what you said before which is that um mother nature teaches us everything we need to know Mm. mother nature teaches us by us spending time in nature with the earth with her but she's teaching us how to be with our nature. Mm. It's all a reflection. The whole world is a reflection, really. But there's no truer reflection of who you are than Mother Nature. Just mm. one hug with a tree and you'll know that. One awe-inspiring moment with a flower and you know that. And that's that that moment that you spend with nature, that that five minutes that you that you just spent with bare feet on the sand or the grass that's 
that, that affects you and that shows you who you really are. And you can get very into that um, consciously and look into that, or you can just feel it and give thanks. Mm. And so what, um, let's just bring this back to relationships, to being in that, that intimate container with another. And <clears throat> the women, let's say, we are talking to women, the women who feel like they're not truly, truly, truly themselves in their relationship and they want to be and their partner's either going to be up for it or not. It's kind of like back to that analogy of um, the timelines. It's not really an analogy. The idea of the timelines of actually let's be in our life in this relationship by being our true nature to see where we're at to get that clarity what would you say to the women who are like okay let's see (laughs) I would say it's not ripping off a band-aid and there's this there's this dance that happens between you and your partner when you when you think if, if you start to become conscious of who you are being either in general having that relationship or just specifically when you're around that person, just become conscious of it. That is really like 90% there. Like conscious awareness is so powerful. You just watch yourself and things will naturally um, adjust and change. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, especially those of us in long-term relationships, I would say that compromise is always there it's just a part of it and it's not a bad word because I love my husband so freaking much there are some things that I will gladly either like I don't I don't suppress myself for him there is no way I would suppress actually like just who I am and what I need but there are certain desires perhaps that I feel like you know Maybe having a, a retreat in Bali this year would be sort of a great way to express my soul's purpose. Of course it would. Yes, that's fantastic. But actually, that's not going to be a part of my year this year. I was hoping it would be, but it's not. My husband and I are discussing, you know, like finances and priorities and that kind of thing. So for me, that's a clear compromise yeah. of what I'm not going to do because it's going to make things so much easier for him. Now, the more conscious I get about like like one little thing like that, I can go, is it, am I people pleasing? Am I, am I doing it just so that he'll like me and that he'll stay with me? Or am I just doing it because you know, that feels like a really easy way to create more abundance in our lives and between us? And am I being really honest about what I need? And so there's, it, it feels like, it feels very heady when I open it up like that. But it is a simple level of awareness and that's what I would recommend. And if you do have a journal and I know some people don't like to write in journals because they really, they feel like someone might find it one day. And so maybe just take yourself out to nature. If journaling isn't for you, don't even worry about it. It's not for everyone. Go sit on a beautiful rock and go talk to that rock. You don't even have to speak out loud and, you know, just find, find what you need from nature and nature will show you. And if there are difficulties in your relationships and you in your relationship and you think that it's because you're not allowed to be authentic, you're not allowed to be 
the the wild woman that you desire to be or do what you desire to be and if it does get very confusing then I just I recommend finding someone like you finding a counselor that you can talk to someone who actually understands relationships and the dynamics and also childhood stuff that we bring into us with us into a relationship there is a lot going on but if you really do feel like ah I just want to be more open in this relationship and just sort of see what happens without freaking the poor guy out and just open your heart to love and know that you are completely safe because you are held by the mother and know that you really can't do it wrong. And if you do upset the other person, you can always apologize. You know, we always have, we always have that. We're not, we're not here to be perfect and relationships are our greatest teachers. So look to your relationship as to how is this relationship reflecting back to me, my level of authenticity, my level of responsibility and integrity and my desires and what is, because this relationship is a gift, you know? Mm. So I think I just squished a whole lot of stuff into that answer. But really what I want to say is just become so lovingly grateful for who you are and let yourself express in ways that are okay for the highest good of all involved. I think if that is your intention, I, I think it's going to be a beautiful journey. Yes. I love that. I think um, it's nice to have all of that backstory, but also just to have that simple message of love yourself and um, have the intention of the highest good for all. Be grateful for all of who you are, but also to connect with nature as you as you ex, as you expand into your own nature mm. yeah mm. beautiful mm. beautiful Chris mm. oh my god is there anything else in the realms of wild-hearted purpose or love and relationships that you want our listeners to to hear today something just popped into my head that I would really love to share and that is uh, however you find your rewilding path, don't have any expectations of your partner to join you. Like, yes. And also they, we all have it in us to rewild. It is really a seed. I mean, that's why we're here. Unlearn the conditioning, let go of the patriarchy, you know, like heal childhood, forgive all of that. We're all here to do that on some level, but your partner's rewilding might look like, a CEO who drives a really nice car and works in the city. And that can be that there is rewilding that happens within that. So don't expect them to do or live in a particular way because you're rewilding. You don't even have to tell them everything that you're doing. Your rewilding will inspire them if they're conscious as well. If then, if they're quite unconscious, then your rewilding might trigger them in ways that sort of point them towards the healing that they need and again as partners it's it's not always easy to speak to that mm -hmm. but I did just want to say just don't have expectations of your partner love them how they are because that's the safe container that they need for them to thrive and rewild yeah beautiful that is such an important point because I, I I have um a lot of people uh, talking to me about this, you know, about I am here and my partner's not, you know, especially into growth and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it, and that can be a journey right of acceptance and you know it's it's absolutely not going to track at the same timing or levels or anything like that um it's kind of an unrealistic expectation so I really love that you that you um clarified that for us you know it's like I'm rewilding let's go honey both of us are in this together <laughs> let's go dance in the forest <laughs> yeah but definitely um I reckon you can find community in that. Mm. Yes. And that helps the partner so much yeah. when you're not reliant on them to hear every one of your stories, to, to listen to you read books out loud to them about rewilding, like Wild Hearted Purpose, for example, just again, out of thin air, just a book I love. You need that love community. You. You need that community. Yeah. That just gives them so much space. I love that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, Chris, thank you so much for your um, beautiful um, wisdom that you share. And I love where wild-hearted purpose meets love and relationships and intimacy. It's juicy. I could talk to you for many more hours about this and think we should line up a coffee date so we can do just that but thank you so much for sharing with us today I love you and honor you and all of the beautiful work you are doing in the world and um so grateful you shared that with us today oh, thank you so much that was really beautiful I do love bringing that rewilding into different aspects of life and yeah. I love your point of view because what you do is really important as well. So thank you for doing what you do. And I love you. And I appreciate all of our conversations so much. Always. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave a review and rating over at iTunes or just share this episode with someone who you think would really benefit from hearing it. If you need more support in your relationship, I have online workshops, courses and one-on-one -on -one sessions available with me over on my website, www.nicolemathison.com where you can also find the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.